Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is uh, Friday the 19th of May, 2023. I'm Mike A. Race. Thanks for joining us in the Speakeasy. With us today is our fine crew beat writer, Bailey Johnson, and the striker's back, Kyle Robertson. It's great to see him, although he's not always well seen. And per usual, at the controls uh, is Patrick the Podfather Flaherty. This is our last podcast from the studios at uh, 62 yeah. East Broad Street. Uh, the dispatches pulling up stakes here and moving to the brewery district uh, next month within a couple weeks now. And hopefully it'll the new studio will be in, in the middle of the Highbeck Tavern. Patrick is currently negotiating. So keep your fingers crossed. You know, Tommy. Hopefully we can put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. These two guys have to take this apart. Oh, yeah, my put it goodness. back together. A lot to get to here. I'm sure Bailey's got a lot to say. Um, and we'll just begin at the beginning. Um, on Saturday, the 13th of May, a 2-2 tie with Orlando City in the Lower.com New Crew Stadium, Bailey. Uh Kind of a disappointing result there. Yeah, they were all saying after it was one of those draws that feels like a loss, and it certainly was. They gave up the tying goal in the 92nd minute on a free kick. Flashback. Flashback big time for the fans, for the players, for the media members whose game stories were finished and then had to be spontaneously changed. Flashbacks for everybody involved. Oh, it was bad. You have to check all those stats again that we put together last year. Oh, it was brutal. I was I was pulling up Mike A race, Columbus crew can't hold lead columns. I was getting it out of there. We were, felt a little like last year. Um, that's bad. That's when you're sinking. I mean, that's just a bad situation. So but it, so they come out of that. What are they saying, Bailey? So they come out of it. They're saying, you know, it's a draw that feels like a loss. They know they need to be better. Kind of what happened, obviously, they took the 2-0 lead in the first half. Um, goals from Darlington Nagby and... Why am I blanking? Jason Russell Rowe, yeah, who scored the second goal right before halftime. Um, and then they gave up a goal right away in the second half, which really put them on their heels and got Orlando a lot of momentum. Um, kind of several individual mistakes on that one that led to a collective mistake. They had several players playing aggressively, playing on the front foot how Wilfried wants them to. But when you do that, you have to actually win the ball that you're stepping up to try to win because when you don't, that's one fewer defender that's back to stop back, the runner. Backline wasn't on their game. Backline was on their game. Um, that was certainly that goal was kind of. I mean, we knew that that was a weak spot for this team, but that was the first time they've sort of been exposed in macro like that. We're sort of in the whole sequence. You're like, oh gosh. Um, and then the second goal is a free kick late. I Wilfried Nancy was unsure that it was a foul. The more yeah. times I've watched it, I'm also unsure. But yeah. regardless, it was a foul. Um, we'll just say it wasn't a foul. <laughs> it was, I also think that part of, so by the 50 that's that's what they would have said last year right yeah. oh of course said, that was, yeah. I can't wasn't believe a, well he either would have said a not a foul or he would have said that player's not playing for me anymore because yeah. you really could go only one of two ways on that one um <laughs> it was uh it was uh it was Josh Williams fault or the backup <laughs> yeah. goalie yeah right yeah um <laughs> they give up this free this free kick it's right at the edge of the box and it kind of it it felt so much like last year that as soon as Orlando lined up for the free kick, I kind of knew they were going to score. Sometimes you just right. have a feeling. And it was the way the goal went in was unlucky, but it was not an unlucky goal in right. the context of the second half and the way Orlando had carried the momentum. It Two players fell down on the side of the box. The ball pings around, lands at the feet of Orlando's rookie striker, Duncan McGuire, who's been really good. And he pings it in, I think, off Philip Quinton's foot. So yeah. one of those. The, that the falling goal, down was tough. The yeah. falling down was tough. Uh, I think it was Aiden Morris and Christian Ramirez who both fell down kind of in the exact same spot. Um, 
So after they, you know, were disappointed after Wilfried was pretty frustrated, especially because he thought they had controlled the first half so well. Right. And then you're thinking, um, okay, there, this is now a four game winless streak and you can't help but think, all right, have other teams begun to figure them out? Or is this progression that we're supposed to see under Wilfried Nancy, is it somehow retarded? Um, and, and you have, you have the galaxy coming in, not a great record for a midweek game, um, uh, but loaded. Um, and they're also managing their rotation as well. Cause, uh, it's a busy time for both teams. Uh, Wednesday night at the new crew stadium, LA galaxy are in town and, uh, um, you have to folks are yeah. folks are wondering what 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 they're going to see from from the crew uh, on their home field. Exactly, and in the wake of the Orlando game on Monday, when we had our next media availability, they talked a lot about having to learn how to close games out and having to learn how to hold leads. Learning sort of the gamesmanship, as we Wilfred called it, the street yeah. smarts that let you take a little time off the clock and figure out, you know, what you need to do in those moments, the sort of veteran savviness you need to have. They're still a young team. They're still a young team in a lot of ways. And I think it's easy to sort of forget that, especially with the success that they've had at points this year. And Wilfried is a big believer in the only way they can learn is through experience. So obviously it would have been incredibly concerning had it happened a second game in a row, but as many of you know, it didn't, they took another two O lead at halftime against the galaxy. So it sets things up though. Change things yep. up as far as the shape because both teams two, were two forwards, two forwards. Both teams were <laughs> rotating, and they have used two forwards at I times. Um, but this was the first time that they've had historically when they've had two forwards, it's been because one of Lucas Zellerion right. or Alex Matan wasn't going to play. This was the first time they've had two forwards and both Zellerion and Matan on the field. Love so it. they had Alex Matan out um, on the right side playing as a wing back over there, and Wilfried likes to have at least one of his winger or wing backs be a more offensive minded, more of a winger. And they rotated Mo Farsi in this one because he's played a lot of minutes. Right. That was just rotation. I would expect him to start Saturday. So that meant they had um, Malta Amundsen on the left side, who is a little more of a classic wing back, has played fullback, kind of gives them more defensive side on that side, which gave Alex Maton the license to go up on the right. He assisted Amundsen on yep. the second goal. Um, Lucky goal, kind of. Oh, totally. And Amundsen <laughs> said it, too. He laughed. He, he said it. That hit his shoulder. It, 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 it definitely hit his shoulder. The, t- the team actually put out a funny video of them showing him the clip of it after the game. And he watches it and he goes, it's an effing goal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he just laid down on his back. Like, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, Kyle, the first goal, though. Oh, Cucho and the cutback and kind of turn and the, the play. The, the and then, pass yeah, and then he... Then he Lucas just set him up for that quick cut, and oh, it was the pass I mean, yeah. was, oh, was yeah. lovely. The Which is like to me, it's like okay, obviously Kucha is not scoring at the rate that he wants, but to to make a play like that and kind of get on the you know you know get an assist, I think it would probably help his confidence moving a little bit forward because he's still kind of struggling on the offensive end. Yeah, he did have an opportunity to score about a minute and a half yeah. before he set up Lucas for that goal. He gets in alone and he goes to chip Jonathan Bond, the LA Galaxy goalkeeper, and Wilfried said afterwards that he wanted to kill Cucho for that minute and a half between the, <laughs> between that and then him setting up oh, Lucas yeah. for the yeah, goal. That would have been sublime. But he, yeah. he also had a good crack in, in the first yeah. half, uh, uh, just wide right. I think it was the first half. Yeah, there, I, he had one yeah. in the first, and I believe another one in the second. So he's getting his opportunities. His shots on target, he leads the league in shots per 90 minutes. His shots on target have not been as good. He's the kind of player who's never right. met a shot he doesn't want to take. But he also is, I think, less of a true out-and-out right. goal scorer. I mean, obviously, he's an incredible goal scorer, right. but that's not the only element of his game. I, I think once the weather warms, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's from an equatorial climb. He I is mean, from Colombia. He likes the hot weather. Um, no, I mean, he's, he is playing yeah. well. The goal scoring has tailed off for sure, but he's he has said several times, and I believe him more every time he says it, that he would rather not score and have the team win than right. to score and them not win. He seems yeah. genuine. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I, he said it enough that I believe him when he says that, and he gets, I mean, he's always so excited to set yeah. things up for his teammates. He's the kind of player who well, enjoys that as well. Too, Lucas. He and Lucas have yeah. such a strong connection. I'm I'm not worried about Cucho scoring yeah. goals and the fact that he's getting involved right. in assists as well is huge. He well, that's why he, I like the two forwards too because he can he's obviously a playmaker. You know, yes, he's a scorer and he you know scores incredible goals, but he has the ability, as you saw on Wednesday, to make a long play and kind of get things going. But if you have that other forward up there, you can kind of yeah. mix things up. And, and I think kind of, and I think you have to with, right. if you're going to have Cucho being yeah. as mobile as he is, which he likes to be. Yeah. He's not the kind of player who's happy to just like sit in the box no. and wait for balls to come to him. He wants to create. He wants to be on the ball. And what they've had sometimes right. this year is, you know, Lucas does that. Obviously, Lucas does a lot of that as well. So they're both dropping right. back and they're both kind of in the middle of the field trying to combine. And there's nobody up yep. front to occupy the center backs or be an outlet for anything. So I think the two forward thing worked really well for them in that game. You also have to uh, credit credit this uh, system that's evolving. It's kind of sneakily, I mean, just raw numbers, yeah. never mind underlying. Um, you know, they have the second most goals in the Eastern Conference behind Atlanta. Atlanta has 25. Columbus has uh, 23. And they, they're tied for the best differential in the Eastern Conference uh, at plus nine. So, you know, 23 goals and plus nine to this point in the season um, – uh, is uh, with the rookie goalie, right? Yeah, and, and yeah. we're here whining about Acucho Hernandez yeah. uh, not not getting on the beam yet. Um, that that bodes well for 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 the crew who now sit in fifth place in the Eastern Conference. Top nine are are above the bar for for postseason. They're five, four, and three. Um, as I said, twenty three, four, fourteen against plus nine. They're four, one, and two at home. That's solid. One three and one on the road, Bailey. As we look south, as we look toward south the to Confederacy and TQL Stadium and TQL. in the west side of, of Cincinnati, into a team that is seven zero and zero at home Whoa. this year. So right. they are. I think I saw it. They're the only the second team in the last twenty years to start the season with that many wins in a row at home. Um, and obviously, like you just said, the crew have struggled on the road this year. Um, this will be by far their biggest test, both on the road and in general. Cincinnati, 8-1-3 and three in first place in the Eastern Conference. Um, 18 goals for, 12 against, plus 6. 7-0, and as Bailey mentioned at home, 1-1-3 on the road. They're home Saturday night uh, against, against the crew. And they, they, the read on them earlier in the season was they're winning, 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 not scoring, um, but, but getting, getting results. They're starting to, their offense is starting to open up a little bit, Bailey, is it not? No, it is. You're exactly right. They'd won pretty much all of their games early on in the season by one goal. Um, and then finally, Wednesday night, they beat Montreal 3 nothing. I have not watched that game yet, but I plan to this afternoon ahead of tomorrow's game. So the offense is starting to open up. Kyle, it's strange how, and we saw some of these games last year uh, and earlier this season, what the, what the big goal-scoring games can do for a team. Yeah, I mean, it really gets everyone involved. I mean, I think the the one um, was it the one that won six nothing against Atlanta. Like pretty much everyone was a, got involved, and in that was still with Cucho out. And uh, you know, you, you get you get the confidence when when you have the the, the big scoring games. But I'm I'm curious to kind of see how um, how they take on the Cincinnati, where it's, the Cincinnati team, which is kind of I don't know. I mean, they're. 
They're going good. I mean, obviously, but I mean, they're they're they're, they're Kyle, big they're seven guys. and zero. I, I know, but but like Vasquez has not got going compared to like last year. You know, I think he only has goals. like three goals. Three goals. You What's... know, but still, but like he was at the top of the the Golden Boot last year or or up there. Um, you know, so I'm kind of you know seeing you know what happens there and see if he can get going. Um, obviously, for U.S. national team fans who you know want to watch a striker, who do you like better, Vasquez or Pepe? Uh, or the new, I, I'll or take the new guy from Chelsea. <laughs> you mean the new guy from Arsenal? Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Oh, that new. Uh, yeah, we can talk uh, about yeah. Balaga. Yeah, uh, I, I think Pepe is a long, is the better play long term, but I think it, for the for this summer, I'd like to see Vasquez kind of get a get a nod up there and kind of see what he can do. All right, we've grinded gears yeah. a little bit there. Let's let's get back to Bailey setting up this this rivalry game, Derby Derby down in Cincinnati. Yeah, huge game. Obviously, it's a rivalry. It you know it carries significant weight, and I have Wilfried Nancy loves the emotion of the game. He's said several times he does this job to provoke emotion, so he's super excited for this. He was involved, obviously, in a pretty contentious rivalry up there in Montreal with Toronto, so he knows rivalries. He knows derbies. He knows whatever we want to call them. Um, and he has said, you know, he likes to say every game is the same, and they approach every game the same. But this week, he's had to acknowledge that they can't do that for this game. The emotions of it. Everything around it makes it so that it's not just another game. He's also managed his team and rotated for yeah. more than two weeks. Yeah, they've been leading, re- leading up to this game. Absolutely. You know? They've been playing a heavy schedule. They've played Wednesday and Saturday every week now for the last three weeks. Um, Lucas Elrayon had a little bit of a knock that they've been very weird about, um, but they finally admitted that he did have a little bit of a knock to his knee coming out of um, when they had those days off during their bye week. Um, so Is he, it a knock or a tweak? Tweak, knock. Dinged no, up. I don't. Whatever you want to call it. I kind of hate that I've started using the word knock because yeah. when I started covering soccer, it's my so most <laughs> yeah. bothered. Yeah. I, I, it was one of my least favorite soccer terms and it, it works its way they, in. Oh, they say lower, lower Nick. injury. Or lower body. Upper, yeah, lower body, yeah. upper body. Anyway, Lucas had a little, Sorry. his knee was a little <laughs> nicked up. Um, he played Wednesday 45 minutes, which was planned. So I believe that sets him up to be fully involved on Saturday. Um, Mo Farsi, like I said, rotated out on Wednesday. He came in in the second half after they took out Zellerayon. Expect him to play. And Cucho, two weeks after returning, is now handling minutes. Yeah, he's yeah. gone 90. I think he went just shy of 90. He came out like two, the 88th, basically the same thing as 90 minutes at so, that point. So give us the A formation. Yeah. What, what are they going to yeah. trot out there, Billy, on Saturday against the uh, the hated uh, FCs of Cincinnati? It's funny. I, I covered Jim Calhoun for two years 20 years ago, and uh, I still pronounce Cincinnati like like he did because <laughs> you just couldn't get that thick Boston accent out of your head. But anyway, down in Cincinnati, what, what's the crew going to try, try it out on the field? I would expect it to be obviously their top lineup. Um, Patrick Schulte is still in goal. Aloy Room is back in training. Um, yesterday was his first day back, but they're going to be careful with that. And the last time he came back to training, he then had a setback and was He's out again Wally. for another He's few Wally weeks. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, Wilfrey dropped the line yesterday. I mean, Bailey had him out of the yeah. lineup I mean, yeah. before the season. Even started. <laughs> it's and not Kyle, entirely yeah, true. You don't, you don't like you. Kyle, really Kyle had him out in the offseason. Schulte's pretty good. Yeah, I, he's been pretty good. And he's his he, footwork, too. Very, oh, wow, very, footwork, very yeah. confident with his feet. Uh, we talked about yeah. yeah, right. that. We kind of go, whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> back, back to the lineup. Back to the lineup. So I would expect Schulte in goal. Back line, a little bit of a question mark. Gustavo Vallecia went out. Said you turned your phone Damn, off to avoid a fine, Kyle. Oh, that's a fine. I know. That's a fine. There's certain people that just. Oh, man. Podfather's going to buy a new house at the end of the season. 
Um, Backline's a little bit of a question. Gustavo Vallecia went out in the 70th minute with a bit of an injury um, from Wednesday's game, though yesterday at training he was with um, the group of guys who had played the day before, so they don't really do anything the day after, but he was at least out there, which is a good sign as far as his availability. It didn't look too bad as he was coming off. Um, they certainly need him because they're without Milos Jagenek for yeah, how is the angry uh, three to six weeks Ooh. Achilles. So that's a huge blow to their back line. Um, they do. Melda Amundsen can play left center back. They did an open cup and they did it as well. Um, after Vaisia went out on Wednesday, um, Yagabo is also out at the moment. Um, he had been playing that left wing back spot before they got Amundsen involved and getting better and improving. They've been really impressed with him. He was very good in the open cup last week. Um, and then he, he, took a kind of some contact in the Orlando game and finished the game, but then didn't play Wednesday. Wasn't in the squad. And Wilfried said there, so Billy, he might be able to play Saturday, but otherwise it'll be next week. Tell what is the back line? Well, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm talking through it. I'm oh, trying well, to get us to that okay, point, but there, okay. there are a lot of options and I don't know what exactly it's going to look like because of, you know, the questionable injury situations, what they used Wednesday was Vaisia, Quentin Marrera. So assuming that yeah. Vaisia is able to play, that will be the same. Um, then you would have Amundsen at the left wing back and probably oh, Farsi yeah. back on the right. Um, Darlington Agme and Aiden Morris in the midfield. That's the one Duh. thing that's not yeah. a question mark. Um, and then the question is what they do up front because I do think the two forward thing yeah. has worked for them on Wednesday. Um, but Alex Mantan has been playing so yep. well. Um, so you, it's hard to take him off the field. But if you're going to have Farsi, yep. that is the spot where Matan played on Wednesday. Um, obviously, you're not taking Zelbrano Hernandez off the field. So the question is just what they do. Um, up front, maybe I would not be shocked if they go back to their sort of standard three, four, two, one and have Zellerayan and Matan with Hernandez up front. Not the worst thing to have Matan coming off the bench either. If you need that energy. No, exactly. Can you have Matan and Farsi on each side though? In the back? I think they're going to, I mean, is that too much? I think that, I think that's too much. You probably need Amundsen and Amundsen was quite really, really good. Um, on Wednesday in his first MLS start since last fall scored his first goal in two years though, as we discussed, not the world's. Highest quality finish. It's a goal, baby. He was funny about it after. He said, you don't know if next week I'm going to score on a free kick. You don't know. So I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know, but his, he had a sense of humor about it, which was funny. Um, so, yeah, the question is what they do um, with sort of that front three. I would, I think I'm settling on that. I think it'll be Zellerayan and Matan with Hernandez, but I also would not be surprised if they go Zellerayan and yeah. Ramirez. Um, well, they could always change it, the second half, too. Exactly. And, and Wilfried has well, not been afraid to do that. He likes to have the flexibility to make a lot of changes in how they're running things right. out. So it could be something Which we didn't totally, last year. totally different than we've <laughs> talked about because yeah. Wilfried does like to surprise us with the way they set things up. Kyle, um, Darlington Nagby, strangely, as a veteran, and given the position he plays within this system, was slow to acclimate, but now appears to be uh, playing at, at a very high level. Is that fair to say? Yeah, but I also think that he defers a lot to everyone else. I think the way you watch it, like, he could take over. I thought he was terrific on right. Saturday. I know, well, yeah, no, but I'm saying, like, Wednesday, he, like, the way I see him is he could take over a game at any point, but I think he's letting other people do their thing, and then him, then he kind of, like, tailors his game to where they need it. Um, Cause we've seen him in the past, like have rocket shot goals from distance and nice volleys and that kind of stuff. You haven't seen quite that this year, but I think he's just like the ultimate, like five tool midfield guy that whatever you need him to do, he's willing to do based upon who's in there. So if you need him to 
go more up front or be more back or go to the wide. Well, and I'm just saying he's more noticeable now. No, he's definitely, right. I agree. He's looking much more comfortable and has been much more noticeable. They've really been wanting Aiden Morris to be that more pulling right. the strings from deep guy, which means Darlington is on the ball less and right. kind of has a little bit more freedom, but also becomes a little bit more anonymous in the fact that he's not making but as he doesn't much of an impact take in touching those, the ball. Those, those direct go to goal. And, you know, if you've watched him, he has that. He does every once in a while, but I think he could do it a lot more. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because this also ties into something I was going to talk about with tomorrow's game, which is sort of the concept of what they call rest defense, which is when you're attacking, making sure that you're keeping an appropriate defensive shape so that when you turn the ball over, they're not wide open. And Darlington Nagby is kind of the heartbeat of that as far as what they're trying to do. So they have to be careful. Spacing. And right. not having their midfielders make too many of those runs because Wilfried said he puts a lot of that on the center backs and on the midfielders. And when you have a center back like Steven Marrera, who you know is going to get right. up there to the edge of the box, it even becomes even more important for the midfielders to have their mind on that. And that's super important against Cincinnati, a team that has played against the ball this year and can really hit you on right. the counter, which is precisely the way to beat a team like the crew that want to play with possession. Um, so that's something they're really keyed in on because they were not very good at it in the first half against the Galaxy. It did not result in any goals, but the Galaxy really were pulling them open in transition and the crew were getting a little overly aggressive in their attack and not paying as much attention to the way they needed to make sure they were still keeping themselves right. appropriately spaced so that when the ball did turn over, they weren't wide open the other way. Um, so as Wilfried said, if we do that against Cincy, we'll take five goals. Yeah. So it's something they're very keyed in on for Saturday. But I mean, it also helps that you have Aiden who's you know, can run for days. It's and, a Tasmanian. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, really, that, really that, frustrated. That kind of, really frustrated. Yeah. Ricky Pooj on Wednesday, yeah, yeah. which was fun to watch. <laughs> Ricky Pooj was oh, totally an, taken an, out of the game. An angry man yeah. all game, and <laughs> it was largely Aiden Morris who was frustrating him. So, it's that's, just that's that's fair. Uh, okay, let's whip this nag down the stretch here, um, beginning with uh, the Riverhounds. Uh, that is the next United States Open, Lamar Hunt U.S. Open uh, Cup. Game round of sixteen um, at Pittsburgh's High Bank Stadium, a lovely place um, on Wednesday. So hell is real on Saturday, and hell is hounds on on uh, River Hounds on on Wednesday. Yeah, I won't pretend to know a ton about the River Hounds. I did see them play, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say that at this point. I can say it. Um, the crew played a technically closed door scrimmage against the River Hounds early on in the preseason that a few of us were able to watch in sort of an off the record capacity. Um, so I have, I guess, in theory, seen the Riverhounds play. Um, I will be in there, be there in Pittsburgh on Wednesday, along with photographer Adam Karens, who will get a shout out on the podcast. Um, super excited! The stadium looks like it's going to be cool. Atmosphere should be great. The um, they're yeah, one of cool. they're yeah. one of I think only two USL teams left. So huge game for them and their fans. I think it was a little tough for crew fans to get tickets. So how how do you rotate that? What lineup do you put on the field yeah. for that game? Like, I think they're, I think they're going I for think, it in Open yeah. Cup. I think they care. I think I, I don't doubt it, but I yeah. think you you play Saturday and then and then oh, 100%. And, then, and then you see you uh, give everything to yeah. Saturday because you yeah. want to win that yeah. game. I mean, they've not, been leading up to Saturday for some time yes. now, and they want to win that game not just because it's figure everything a, else out later. Figure know. everything else out later. Absolutely, they want to win that game. It's a rivalry. It also is a huge game for them on the road to break the fact that they have not been very good on the road this year. So. Definitely they're throwing everything at that game, and then we'll see for next week. Um, they have, you know, some inexperienced depth that can play in games like that, um, and they're also able to bring up guys from Crew right. 2 to play in that game, so that helps. Um, and they also have an extra day after that game before they play again. Their next game after that isn't until Sunday, so that helps a little bit as well. And in the bigger picture of things, Kyle, I mean, um, Philadelphia's playing better. Um, uh, same overall record as, as, as the crew right now, which surprises no one. 
here comes Philly. Yep. Um, Atlanta's um, been consistently very good unless they're playing in Columbus. Um, Nashville's playing better. <laughs> well, New England, half their team gone too. New, New England <laughs> has been consistently good, and, and Cincinnati has been a kind of a revelation this year. So, just Saturday's important, Man. not just because of the rivalry, but you know, if you want to tread water in the middle of those playoff standings, um, it, it's important to to pick up points at this time of the year. Well, yeah, and, and that's why also the, the the two points that they you know were up to nothing and you know lost, like we talked about. The last couple of years, games where they had had a lead and kind of give up, and those points end of the year, they make a difference here and there every single year. So yeah, they do. No, yeah, absolutely, do. those points those <laughs> points matter. But also this year with nine teams making the playoffs, oh yeah, this I mean, part early in the season yeah. is less significant. Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And to one see. last bit of news is Bailey's been tweeting out uh, earlier in the day international news. Bailey, go ahead. Yeah, the. Um, Preliminary 60-player rosters for the Nations League semifinals and final, which is um, in a little less than a month. It's only, it's what, four teams that are left? Canada, the U.S., Mexico, and whoever the fourth team that made it is. I won't pretend to know. Um, Aiden Morris is on both the U.S. and Canada preliminary lists. That's awesome. Um, Tom Bogert, while we've been sitting here, just reported that Canada reached out to Aiden Morris's camp this spring about him potentially representing Canada. So to quote Tom, looks like he'll have a decision to make soon. Just my own thoughts. I would be personally surprised if Aiden represents Canada as long as he's in the U.S.'s plans. Um, And the U.S., Anthony Hudson is the interim manager, and he said their plan is to take kind of a small group to both Nations League and then the Gold Cup, which runs for about a month, June and July, but a more heavily MLS roster to Gold Cup, which is the kind of thing that has yep. a player like Aiden Morris's name on it. And if he does play in Gold Cup this summer for the U.S., he would then be cap-tied to the U.S., which would eliminate questions about that decision. Um, and Jason Russell Rowe is also on Canada's preliminary list. Good on you, lad. Certainly would not expect him to make that roster. Oh, I don't think it's it. not been. Uh, no, and that's no shade to Jason that's whatsoever. But he, he's played for Canada at the youth level, but I believe this is the first time he's been connected to their senior men's program in any capacity. So young, yeah. just exciting for him. He's 20 years old. So. All right. Thank you, Bailey. Kyle, you got anything else to embarrass yourself with? No, I'm good. Kyle's good. <laughs> Bailey, thank you very much. Uh, check out all of their work at dispatch.com. Um, it's covered extraordinarily well. Uh, everything you need to know is there. Dispatch.com, directed there by our producer, Patrick the Podfather Flaherty. I'm Mike A. Race. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon, probably from a different studio that Patrick and yeah. Kyle are going to assemble, like a Rube Goldberg kind of work. But anyway, Patrick, kick us out of here.